What are we studying today, this morning? Yes, yes, let me hear somebody bold enough to tell me what it is. Joshua, what? I can't hear from that section there. Why are we so quiet there? Joshua, what are we reading? I didn't hear you. Joshua, what are we reading? Who can tell me the story in seven? What is the summary of seven? What is it about? Chapter seven. Pardon me? Achan. Whose family is Achan that you know? A member of whose family? Joshua. You didn't notice that when you were reading. That Joshua, Achan came from the family of Joshua. And Joshua had to sentence him to death. According to the law of God. Does that not show you that there is no favoritism in the house of God? Because God said the one who committed that sin should be stoned to death. He should be consumed with fire. And when Joshua, from family to family, checked them, and it happened that it was his family. And then he called them clan by clan. And he came to Zimri. And then he said to his niece, glorify God by telling the truth. And he said, I stole contrary to God. And Joshua said, take him according to the instruction of God and his entire household stoned them to death. And they were burnt to ashes. That tells you that there is no favoritism. One of the things that um, we got to know or we looked at is this. People who contempt God's sins are those who have the privilege to be closest to him. Okay? So we recognize that the family of a messenger of God can say, ah, it's my father, so I can do anything. God will not spare you. Oh, I'm the one who served them. I can do anything. God will not spare you. Another thing we found out is that every rebellion in the Old Testament began from the family of Levites. So immediate ministers that you ordain, immediate elders and deacons, people that you have... You have allocated power to. They are the one the devil used one or two of them all the time. You look at the rebellion of um, uh, the first rebellion, which was Aaron and uh, Miriam. They are the brother and sister, family members, who contempt the calling upon their brother. If you look at Achan, a Levite, who felt that what is Moses doing that I cannot do, whereas it is Moses who appointed them, you know, Koran Detan, Koran Detan, and then we looked at um, Achan now, who took his uncle for granted. That he, he gave all of them instructions that God said, "Don't take this stuff; they are they are not to be taken." And the whole Israel respected him. However, his own nephew just fell, you know, what's uncle saying, and he lost his life. Same thing with Aaron; he's the one who made the golden calf. So Aaron is seen in both two sides. He's seen as one of the leaders and he's seen as a family member. So we learn there, therefore, that don't get used to God's anointing or God's anointed. If you are close to them, don't you, don't you think that being close to them gives you a liberty 
to behave, to misbehave. Because God don't spare it. Another thing is that if you look at church history, especially in our own modern day church, every time you see rebellion happen in church, if you check out, a leader will be the ringleader or accomplice. Like, God does not call everybody to be pioneer. Those he called to be pioneer, he revealed himself personally to them. But you can find somebody who is a member of church, been faithful, been loyal, and then they appointed him now as a deacon, then they made him an elder, they made him a pastor. And after relieving authority to him, entrusting into his hand the members of the church, without having suspicion that he can have any hidden agenda, he might have been saying before he became a leader, God told me this is the church I will die. This is the church that I have my destiny. I will have some of them in our 30 years of history in CFT. However, one day they just came up and said, that, What is the apostle doing that I cannot do? What is the senior pastor doing that I cannot do? I am going to start my own. And that is the beginning of wreck. Because God will not follow you to where he did not send you. And we have seen a number of them in our church, other churches, uh, for years. They will now deceive some people behind the leader. Because the leader had delegated authority to them and trusted them. And then deceive those who are vulnerable. And then they will just move out and they will go with them to start a cock and bull church. But what always happens to it at the end is that the church is allowed. It does not survive. Because they will, they, that God will not give that man what he will give to a pioneer. So the church of God must know this. Calling is not yours. There is no such a thing as my ministry. It does not exist. It is the church of the living God and the household of God. And anything that you start and bring God into it will certainly fail. Anything. Especially when it comes to spiritual mandates. You cannot start a church out of anomalies. You cannot start a church out of rebellion. You cannot start a church out of deception. Whatever you use as a foundation of what you build determines whether what you build will last. Anything you build with deception, either marriage or, or calling or stuff like that, will fail certainly. You will waste all your energy and Satan will surely collapse it. And we recognize the fact that one of the great lessons we learned in Joshua we read today is just that. We must not live in deception. Remember, I was telling you that in this house, we have engineers, we have doctors, we have businessmen, we have builders, we have mechanical people, people who have various companies, we have them in the house, we have um, those who are teachers, we have people who uh, are, you know, in the politics, we have various people. And apostles, we preside over everybody. And when, when I see a member of mine who is in business, I put all my energy to help his business. Even my academic knowledge, I'll give it free. All right? Because I cannot do that. I'm not called to do that. I'm called to, to pastor now. When Jesus appeared to me, he said, what you should do first, you now do last. So, I will put all my energy to make sure that person prosper. I will advertise him. I will talk about him. I will talk for him. If you have to go to bank and look for reference, I will stand that this one I can guarantee. So, if I, as the messenger of God, do that and stay in my office, no wonder my eyes don't grow dim. I continue to see from the one who sent me. 
I will see for you, I will see for myself, I will see for the church. So if I do not convert to become any of my members and try to do what they are doing and abandon what God has sent me, so also anybody who is not called to be a pioneer must know this, that God didn't call you to be a pioneer. This is one of the tricks Satan has used to cripple the advancement of the church. When you are concentrating on somebody else's calling, you will lose your place in where God has called you. This anniversary, I'm going to really deal with, you know, calling ministry things in the evenings uh, for this anniversary. But you see, what God told us to study, which is what you are doing now, is it not so informative? Come on now, you know, talk to me. We have seen so many things that say we have never seen them before. So if you have not been reading our daily Bible studies, uh, please make sure you join, okay? Those who are reading it are moving ahead in life. Another thing we saw in this, before I go into the message of the day, is that, you know, when the Gibeonites came, I was telling uh, Brother Samuel that we who went to Israel, when we talk of Ai, we drove past Ai and we saw the city of Ai. The valley of Aijalon, we're showing it to them that that's the valley of Aijalon, you know. Though in this next uh, trip we are going, I decided to put that into our missionary place that we will go there. So that we can be in the valley of Aijalon, where the battle happened in 10. We can see the people of Gibeon. Gibeon, we saw their, their town. It's still there till today in Israel. I is still there till today in Israel. And all the five things of Amorites, you can see the Amorite states on the other side of the expressway. It makes a difference when you read the Bible and you go to the city and the country where the Bible happened. It strengthens your Christianity. So if you want to go to Israel and you have not enrolled, enroll with Elder Okereke, he's here. He's the master of rules on the, the Israelite journey. Hallelujah. Not through the wilderness, but to the Liberated Jerusalem, hallelujah, which is now in the map, amen. Either they like it or not, Jerusalem belongs to the Jews. Somebody say amen very well. I don't believe in United Nations, they are disunited. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> All right, so therefore, we learn greatly from that. The Gibeonites lied to Joshua, and God did not reveal it to Joshua. Why? Because Joshua did not seek God. You remember, you get right there. Alright, Gibeonites came and when they saw that uh, Joshua is destroying everybody, they went to Joshua and said, please, we are foreigners, we live from afar. Joshua said, are you sure that you live? They said, look at our and our bread. They have mimicked everything. And for the first time, Joshua decided not to resort to seeking God. And he took a decision that is a blunder. Anytime you refuse to seek God, when it comes to decisions of life, you're going to blunder. I will say this to you. You see, those of you who are not married yet, I have told you again and again. If a woman is dancing around you, young man, turn your back at them and tell them to their face, I see your work is looking suspicious. I'm not interested in you, so that they know it's straight. It's not an insult. It is a righteous decision. So that they will carry their antenna somewhere else. Because if they dance around you and you are not, you didn't tell them frankly that, look, the way you are behaving, it seems as if, you know, you are sending a message that is not correct. I don't have interest in you for marriage. I only know that you are my sister. If you don't do that, 
some of them will build false hope. And by the time you now come out with the person you want to marry, some of them are going to oblivion, depression, and all stuff like that, which is not your fault. However, it is better for you to declare. It has happened to me before I married my wife. Two girls beat themselves to stupor. Because one of them said that Alfred is my boyfriend. The other said he's not. He's my boyfriend. And they were fighting. So when my friend came there and he saw them fighting, he said, what are you fighting about? They thought they are close and stuff. Can you imagine that girls can do that? Yes, they can sometimes. But, of course, these ones are not born again. No, you know. <laughs> we don't expect the born again to do that, but however, a born again can do that too. Well, so they brought the two of them to me to my house. By force. You know, Nigeria is a very lawful country. So they dragged them to my house. I said, who is your, who is your girlfriend among them? I said, uh, girl what? I said, sister Bumi, are you my girlfriend? He said, mm, I said, sister, her friend, are you my girlfriend? Mm, I said, neither of you. And the crowd was there. Are you with me? I said, you are my, my friend's uh, sister. I come to your house, we eat together, we play together as my junior sister. Have I ever asked you that I want to even move fair? No. <laughs> I want to blow fire. She said, no. I said, have I ever asked you? I said, so know it today that uh, I have no connection with you. I said, look at my wife. I just brought the photograph. I said, see my wife. And they live opposite my wife's house. And they know my wife. You know, some women, haven't they known the person you want to marry? They still stick their head. Haven't they known you don't have interest? They will still be showing all manners of faces. So, as a man, you need to say to them that, look, don't dance around me. I don't have interest in you. We have sisters. Same thing with a sister. If you see a man who is too mouthy and dancing around you, tell him that, dear, don't do that because I'm not interested in you. Even if you approach me, I won't accept. Straight. Okay? The word they can say is that, hey, I don't need to uh, It's good to clear the air. Hmm? And when you see them coming like this, and you are also coming this way, turn back and take the other way. Are we together now? The sin of Joshua for not inquiring of the Lord became a curse upon Israel till today. Are you with me now? So, there are blunders you can make, you will live and die with it. There are blunders you can make, that it can be remedied. But when it comes to marriage, I've told you in this church, don't marry for pity. Don't marry because somebody has saw vision for you. The person who saw vision will not live with that person. All visions are lies, unless you see yourself. And if somebody says that a vision for you, you should marry this person, and you know that that person is not your class, don't accept that vision. God does not mismatch. He gives a man a suitable Helper, not a helper. There are many helpers. Only one is suitable. And it is divine. Somebody looks handsome, he looks tall, he looks slim, he looks gigantic. He has, where, where you get into the claws of anyone that is set up by the devil, you pay dearly. Some of us have passed through it in the church of God today and you are managing it. End of it is always separation or divorce. Are you with me now? 
And I really said to my son that I would really talk to all young men and all young. I want to go to my grave with peace. Those who have married among you, I'm happy with their wives because they sought God. Nobody among them who have happy home now. None of them just picked a woman. One of them got his wife and they have been courting. But when it came to, to, for him to now, you know, um, ask her for marriage. That is, um, what do you call that? When you put a ring in their hands. Because you have done it, I know. Propose. So when it comes to the time to propose, he said to her that, you know, I love you, everything about you is good. You are spiritual, it's my first standard. You are intellectually sound, it's my second consideration. You are attractive to me, and I love your kind of spirit. Very gentle woman who can match up the personality of the man and the future of that young man. He said, but I have a spiritual father. If my father says no, that's the end. The woman said, yes. If God says no, why should we continue? Our knowing one another will be friendship. When he came, he said to me, I'm coming to see you, Dad. I thought for politics, but when he opened my door, I saw the woman I have never seen in my life walking behind him. I said, who is this woman walking behind you to my office? He looked back. I said, yes, he is the one God has given you. He said, Daddy, 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 I wanted to come and ask you about her. I said, you don't have to, because your heart has passed, and your God has answered you. Say, go and bring her for me. Both of them are sitting, they are in church today, they were a new cross. They are best of couples. Are we together now? I think today God is saying something. Same thing with my daughter, Pastor Elizabeth. 30, 32, 33, all manners of talks. Not because men were not coming, men came and God said, she would seek God by herself. When she comes and says, go and ask God by yourself. She asks God, God tells her it's not the person. She comes to me and says, that's not the person. Say, okay then, quit. Not that they are not born again, not that they are not good, but they are not the person. And there was one. You know, sometimes when people put pressure on women, they begin to cast doubt. You know, all men, if you are waiting on God for something and it's in the hands of man, it's too late. Some people will drive you crazy. But you must distinct yourself from them. Because those who drive you into it will never live there with you. Really, if you go to them, you say, I'm not the one who said it. Those who said that Mary, yeah, they will say that you didn't hear me well. Are you with me now? So there was, there was one that came, and he was, you know, when somebody told, he's the ballet, he stand up, he roll on the floor. Physically, he looks good. But God showed mommy that he has a mark in his face. And when he came, there's no mark. And mommy said that, you look good, but I dreamt, and I saw mark on your face. She told him, Kuru kuru ai. But then, it seemed as if they had been talking, but God said no. She had, to let, she had to let go. And the last time when the real husband will come, somebody came in this church who have moved abroad. Their family, they are well-wishers. 
sent the photograph of a brother. I said, this is my own junior brother. He is a good man. He is a Christian. He is this and that. Printed all manners of things. I am not involved because for me, it is when, whether God speaks or not, I come in. All the other issue is not my business. It's between mother and daughter, isn't it? When you are looking at it, but my wife said, I don't like his face. Hello, somebody. It's good to listen to your parents. <laughs> when it comes to this journey, they have passed through storms. They, will, they won't want you to pass through it. Okay? They master the terrain through troubles. So, then they sent the photograph of her husband he married. And uh, one day they were talking, the other one has been phoning, putting pressure, putting phoning her, she was phoning, she was talk, talking with us. Anybody who called, talk to them until God speaks, okay? Suddenly, the mother said, but this man was talking good, talking well, I don't like his face. But however, you are not the one who married the man now. Isn't it? So when I heard them discuss, I said, what are you talking about? Oh, it's about them, and they just brought this photograph, this, another man. I said, where is the photograph? Because two years before that time, when God told him the last person was not her husband, as she was walking away from me, I just saw the husband standing by her. I said, come back. Look at your husband. My daughter looked. He said, I, can't see. I said, I'm seeing him standing beside you. I said, anywhere I see him in this world, I will grab him that you are the husband of my daughter. Okay? Because I know him as I know you now. I will together now. So I said, so, when I see him, I tell you. And my daughter is obedient. So when they were talking, where is the photograph? She said, this one... This one has been calling me, he prophesied, and also I said, okay, tell this man to call me and prophesy to me. I will know whether he's a false prophet. I took the photograph and I tore it. I said, this is the one you are marrying. This is the man I saw in the revelation two years ago. He said, I have not spoken with him. I said, speak to him. And speak with him. What do you say? You are my husband. I said, okay. Shortly there, I will go to Nigeria. I said, tell him to come and see me. I went to Nigeria, and I was in church. The man walked in. I said, ah, this is the man. Came up to my, I said, bring him to my office. He came to my office, sat down. While he was, you know, you know, women, when we want to marry, and we are standing before our father-in-law will be apologizing. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I said, sit down, relax. I said, you are the husband to my daughter. I saw you two years ago. So now what do you have to say? He was looking at me and said, Amen. I said, okay, I don't expect to say anything. <laughs> I said, so just let me, I will come to your family, let me know them. God showed you to me two years before you showed up. Joshua, the people of Gibeon went to him. Joshua chapter 9. He did not inquire of the Lord. What they gave him looked good. It looked true, but it was a deception. And Joshua agreed and made oaths. And when you make oath in the name of the God of Israel, if you break it, God will punish you. So when they now discover that they are next door neighbor, the Israelites were angry. God said we should wipe them off, they said. And Joshua said, 
Because we have made oath to the God of Israel, we cannot change it. However, you, Gibeonites, you will be those who call the wood and water suppliers in Israel for life. And the Gibeonites are still there till this day. <laughs> so, don't take major step in your life without hearing, seeing, and understand. This convention coming 30 years, I'm going to be teaching about how to hear God clear, how to see complete, how to understand symbols so that you don't fall a victim of a sugar-coated devil. They could be members of the church speaking in tongues. Does not mean we are going to the same place. The house of God is for the good, the bad, and the ugliest. That's the reason why after some time they are with us, they feel that we are, the truth is too hard here, and they move on. And if you have joined them in hand, you have to move on with them, or else it will begin, that will be the beginning of dilemma. Hallelujah. However, today's message is the fear of the Lord. Let me just give you some lowdown, and we'll close. I will do this within the next 10 minutes, and I will teach you deeper on the fear of the Lord. As we go in this month. This is the month of February. Say amen. amen. You know, the Lord told me to teach you before we started reading the journey in the book of um, Deuteronomy, Exodus and Deuteronomy, about the five pillars into supernatural. Don't forget, the five pillars into supernatural. Anybody born again can do everything the Bible says. But there are principles that God said, which we have seen this principle demonstrated in the book of Exodus, in the book of Deuteronomy, now in Joshua. I will together now. The first one is, shall we say together, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. Your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. The second thing is the fear of God. And the third thing is, turn to God or return to Him. I say those of you who are in Him, always turn to Him. If you have fallen away, that is, you are a backsliding Christian, return. And the fifth one is, call on Him and seek Him, isn't it? And number five, have faith in Him. I will finish these lectures this month. I have done love. How to love God. That's the love for God. That is your love for God. And I think I, I began to do that on the 8th. But this, this morning, let me talk to you a little bit about the fear of God. Look at the book of Psalm 110. And you can title that the fear of God. Okay, do you know what? Let me go to the beginning. The first thing you need to know about the fear of God is this. The fear of God is a command by God. And it's in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God? That's what God asks of you. Number two, to walk in all his ways, not some of his ways. Number three, to love him. Number four, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. 
And number five, and to observe the Lord's command and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Now, if you look at the scriptures, there are five major things the Bible tells us. And these five things are chain or they are chain reaction. The fourth thing is that God said, fear me. If you don't fear God, Satan will give you what to fear. Every man under heaven who don't fear God, look at their life, they have something they fear. If you fear anything apart from God, it's because you don't fear God. Some people fear man, some people fear color. I saw people who fear to walk on the bridge. Satan has people with all manners of fear. Some people fear, they, they fear to lose their marriage. When there is nothing about marriage tension, they'll be afraid to lose the marriage. Okay? That is their thought every day. Satan gave it to them. Some people are afraid of losing their position because they are risen to a height or losing money, losing their wealth. It's Satan who introduced fear. Fear is of the devil. That is, if it's not turned towards God. So, we understand here no one that God said, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask you to do? Fear the Lord your God. Our whole fear must be unto the Lord our God. If you fear God enough, you will not fear devil, you will not fear demons, you will not fear idols, you will not fear the place the culture. I've met me, me, Christians that they pass through where they shrine. Over shrine. Useless. It's because they don't fear God. If you fear God, you will not fear the devil. Anyone who fears the devil, you don't fear God enough. Fear God. And that's what God commanded us. Why? I said, because if you don't fear God, the rest of the things God demanded, you cannot obey, you cannot fulfill it. So it says, fear God, number one. Number two, walk in all his ways. He takes the fear of God for one to walk in all the ways of God. Are we together now? Then it says, number three, love him. If you don't fear God, you cannot love him. Excuse me, every one of us who are married, raise your hand up, men who are married. I want your hands up. All of you fear your wife, don't you? Say amen. You know how we fear our wife? There are some things you will have done. I don't want my wife to hear that, so I won't do it. No be so. We fear our wife. Why do we fear her and we don't fear other women? There is love between us. Okay? Even sometimes when we have to do some things that we know as men, we have to do it. And you know your wife doesn't like it that way. You have to call her that. I'm about to do this. So. Because we fear them. And the wife fear their husband. Even if they make some blunder somewhere and they, 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 they flex muscle. Say, don't let my husband know. Isn't it? Why do they not say that to other men? They don't fear them. No, no, any number of men may be there. They will do what they want to do. They owe you nothing. But if their husband is coming, especially the things that their husband is saying that I don't want to behave this way, the moment the husband comes, they will just walk away from the behavior. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. That happens because you fear. There is a law behind between you. So you cannot love a person you do not fear. How many of you men, when you met your wife, you just went to her, you carried her, and she went to your house, and that's the end of it? Some of you really, when you went to your wife, to even say to her, excuse me, you were practicing it. 
Then you went back again and you fled from Moses and said, I will talk to her today. She passed, you didn't see anything. She came again, you saw for you didn't see again, you said, I will tell you. And then she passed, you didn't see anything. That's the majority of men. No be so. And some of you have to go and beg some people that go and help me talk to her. Isn't it? That happened to you. I won't tell you to raise your hand up now. <laughs> I didn't experience that because the first day I met my wife, I went to her straight away and I said, You are my wife. Because I don't know how to woo a woman. I have never been working. <laughs> I've never been working with people who woo girls. Because as um, a Levite, I've been told that don't open your dirty mouth to talk to a woman unless the one you will marry. And don't open your mouth to a woman unless God tells you that's your wife. So when I saw mommy, I've seen so many. After they plot a coup to marry me with somebody that I just, you know, my family just want to knit us together. You cannot so, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, flax, flax, you know flax, cotton wool. You can't sew it with a leather. And they weld us together for four years until that one told me that she can't dance in church. I said, eh? I took to my heels. A woman who can't dance before God. I didn't give her a second opportunity. But when I met my wife, God said, that is your wife. And I went to her I said, that you are my wife. Nobody told her that before too. So both of us are looking at one another in wonder. <laughs> she didn't say yes. I don't need her to say yes. Because she too was escaping from SU. So what I'm saying to you is this. You know, fear of uh, a person draws your love. I'm not talking about fear of terror. When you love somebody, you have fear. That fear is similar to what God is saying. Because we look at the fear of the person you love, you don't fear to eat her food or whether she will kill you. That's not the fear. The fear is you will keep her regulations. You will satisfy her desires. You will walk in the way she wants you to walk. Okay? Some of us don't dress. But when we met the woman we will marry, I will know that she's a finicky woman. We change. No be so. So, I don't know how to use perfume. She, my wife told me how to use perfume. So when she told me about perfume, I will be spraying like that. Shh. <laughs> Why? My wife wants me to. <laughs> and she buys me the perfume, I spray it. Isn't it? Either I like it or not, I must spray it. The cream she wants me to, to rub my body, not bleaching cream, of course. Correct cream. So that want to wash the face, want to wash the chin. I don't know about all those things. For me, wake up, just use soap, wash your face and go. I have to change. Because when you love somebody, you will walk in her ways. When you love somebody, you obey their command. When you love somebody, you have an element of fear for them. When you love somebody, you respect them. God is not demanding what we cannot do. Do you do that to God? The things of the world is easy to explain to us, natural, for us to know the spiritual. So that scripture says, therefore, God is not asking you something too much. Fear me. Walk in my ways. Love me. Serve me. With all your heart and with all your soul. And observe the Lord's command and decrees that I'm giving you today. Alright? Deuteronomy 10, 20. Fear the Lord your God and serve Him. 
Hold fast to him and take your oath in his name. So the, to fear God is a command. And Christians need to fear God. If you fear God, you will run away from sin. If you fear God, you will not be reckless in life. However, to finish this section, and then the next time I come to your midst, we look at the benefits of the fear of God. What we are looking at today is, the fear of God is a command. Now, have we known this, that God commanded us to fear Him, but the purpose of it, is it to God's benefits? No. If you look at verse 13, and to observe the Lord's command and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. Come on now. Is God correct? Yes, sir. I can't hear you. Yes, if you love your wife, to whose good is it? To my good? It is you who will live happy in your home. Isn't it? You love your husband. It is you who will live happy. It is not me. Because you are the one who, have, who is in that pool. So God says, if you love him, it's for your good. You will not have many regrets in life. Many things people will do and then regret it will not be your own portion. Because you love God. And if you love God, you will consult him all the time. You will hold him fast. If you say you love God, you must serve him with all your heart and your soul. You don't serve God wishy-washy. Understand this, that God is rigid. God will never do to you what you don't do to him. If you don't love him, he can't love you. It is your degree of turning to him that determines how much he turns to you. That's why God does not open vision to everybody. No, he doesn't. The gift of the Spirit doesn't manifest in everybody. Except those who turn their heart to really love him and seek him. And God is not asking from us what is cumbersome. However... To love God, to fear God, is for your own good, not for the good of anybody. Well, you can become a blessing to other people. Yes, because when you love God and God lavishes gift on you, blesses you, somebody else will benefit from that. But tell me the benefit of God. God does not need anything from us. So, the command to fear God and to love Him is for you, so that God can bless you. Look at the life of the Israelites. Anytime they turn away from God, they are punished. Look at the life of Christians. Anytime they follow the world, they are punished. Anytime they don't follow the biblical principle, they soon come back regretting. If a Christian lives a lie, he will wake up into the dream, into the, into the, into the, into the destiny of reality. That no matter how long lie go, he will be revealed. If a person deceives himself and calls himself what he is not, it's a matter of time. When others are showing forth their strength, he will have nothing to show. So therefore, to fear God, to love God, is for your benefit. Any child you are telling, don't go that way, and he say, I'm not going that way. Every child who said that, a few years after, he said, if I had known, none of you will have such testimony. But then you must fear God. So we want to serve God in this our new year with all our hearts and hold firm to Him. Okay? Don't let anybody tell you anything different to what I'm telling you. Look, what I'm telling you, I do it and I have life testimonies to show for it. Life testimonies to show for it. Life testimonies, I mean. We will be talking about that during this month. 
how the CFT get to where it is. I can enter any, anywhere in the world, whether they call it presidential palace or king's palaces, forbidden forests, shrines, and I've taken some of you into those places. I would together now. So, the word of God is true. What is the fear of God, by the way, that we may fear him? Look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. It is the love of, of Jesus for us that atoned for our sin. Through the fear of the Lord, man shuns evil. So, which means the fear of God is to shun evil. The Bible says, my son, when sinners entice thee, do not consent. Second Timothy 2.22 Flee the evil desire of you. Let's read it together, please. Shall we put it on board for us? Shall we read it together? Excuse me. I think you are the commercial headquarters. I told them in the general headquarters now that if they don't behave myself, themselves, I will move headquarters, general headquarters, from that, from that new cross. You know where I'm moving to? Do you know where I'm moving to? Eh? Abunefo. You should have known. You should have known. If you don't know Abunefo, don't worry. After some time, you will know. We are going there to, to do crusade again. Let us read the word of the living God together. Shall we? Flee. Yes. If you do this, then you fear God. It's a shun evil. When people are gathered, assassinating people, talking people down, you carry your bag and leave instantly. And tell them, I'm not part of you. Let them know that they have entered into the clause of the devil and you are not part of it you move so that they know your stand don't just leave the place before you leave deposit into them that you guys have entered the jurisdiction of lucifer because you are now talking about somebody who is not here if you want to talk of somebody call him here and talk about him for his in his face you cannot carry your bag and baggage and leave anywhere you see sin incubated all right let's communicate yourself Dissociate yourself completely. That is the fear of God. And when you have anger, if you have anything that makes you angry, don't react. That is the fear of God. Either by speech or by physical action. Let your anger cool down so that you can talk sense. Because your word will ensnare you. That is what the Bible says. And when you speak a word and it has been hard, you cannot retract it from the ears of the hearer. I will together now. And those words can form opinions of people. Even to the place where they can have opinion about your God. That he calls himself a Christian. And look at what he said. And that will bring shame to the name of the Most High. That's the, word, the reason why the Bible says be angry but do not sin. When you are angry as a believer, keep quiet. If you speak at all, it should be the truth you are speaking. The truth you are speaking. Not a word you can speak, and you will say, why did I say it? That is the fear of God. What I'm saying to you, is not easy, physically, but it's easy 
for a spiritual man. How do you become a spiritual man? The Bible reading I give you every day, if you read it, your, your spirit grows daily as you are reading. Because the Bible says, your word is medicine to my soul. That is how we grow spiritually. That it's not fasting that grows Christian. No. Fasting is to humble your body so that your spirit can now obey God easily. But what about people who fast and they still go hungry? You negate what you have just built up. But if you read the word of God regularly, it will kill anger in you. If you have any sin inside you, any habit, attitude, loss, after men or women, when you read the Bible a lot, it will kill it out of you. If you have evil thoughts, evil desire at the time, when you read the Bible daily, daily like that, it will kill those evil desires because the living word cannot, cannot dwell with the dead works, dead works of sin. When you read life into death, death becomes alive. And your soul will become alive. That is the only discipline. Not fasting and praying. For the, for the body to succumb to righteousness is by the living word of God. Your fasting and praying is communication to God, with God. However, if your dose of righteousness is debased, it weakens your authority even if you fast. Unto who? The God whom you do not obey. The God who you do not recognize, the God who you do not serve, and that person would be like those in the world. God answered the prayer of people in the world, but He gives them the crumbs that fall from the table. I will get there now. My time remains two minutes. You need to know the word of the living God. Life is easy. You know, someone can build an empire. It doesn't take Satan one second. It will crumble everything. Look at Job. When Satan told Job. Not only Job, we have people in this world who rose to the highest fame in the world and only a little problem they can't face, they went and committed suicide. Can you imagine? They will have faced their challenges, even if they have to be sentenced about challenges, they will come out of the prison and they will enjoy what they have got. But a life that does not succumb to God, Satan can easily sniff you off. Unreasonable thing will terminate such life. But how do you succumb to God? How can a young man make his way pure? By hearkening to the word of God. The word of God is your food, is your medicine. Be filled with it. You see how free you are. How intellectual you become. How famous you become. By the living word of God. So the fear of God is to shun evil. Look at Psalm 34, verse 11 to 17. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. This is a teacher teaching us the fear of the Lord. Let's see what he says. The next verse says, Whoever of you love life, you want to enjoy life and desire to see many good days. You want to be happy every day. What should you do? Shall we read the verse starting together? Keep. Say it again. Does that not summarize what I'm saying? Then look at the next one and let's read. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Then number 14 says again. Turn. Let's keep read it again. Turn to somebody and tell him. Turn from evil. Look at this principle. Number one. Your tongue. 
Keep it from evil. Number two, your lips from speaking lies. No deception. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive others. Don't deceive God. Three pillars of life. Then number three, turn from evil. When you see evil, run for your life. Okay? Do good. Alright? Number four. Then number five says, seek peace. You don't fight here, fight here, fight here, fight here. A person who is fighting, 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 never have peace. If you are the one you offend every day, something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with you. That thing is wrong in your human mind. If you are doing good, why should people be offending you? It's because you are not doing good. Because people do good, they will even offend them. Seek peace. Pursue it. I won't take this nonsense. Then you will take problem. Are we together now? You will still recognize that the nonsense that you didn't take is better than what you are really taking after. Hallelujah, somebody. So if you look at those scriptures, tongue from evil, lips from speaking lies, tongue from evil, do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Anything within your power to make peace reign in your home, give it, even your pride. Give it. Someone says that in marriage, am I the one who says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry all the time. It is a good thing to sow. If it's you who be saying sorry, you are sowing. Keep on sowing the seeds. I am sorry, dear. I am sorry, dear. If it takes you 30 years, say it for 30 years. Your harvest will come when you are 50. And when you are 50 years, I'm sorry. I've been saying I'm sorry for 30 years, nothing happened. Keep on, when you reach 50 years, golden jubilee at least. It is, a, it is a time of liberty. Because what you sow, you reap. Excuse me. I can't use my money to marry wife under my roof only to be having headache for myself. It is my investment. Except in India, there is a woman who paid dowry. In India, woman paid dowry to the husband. And the husband always looked for the house of their father-in-law as dowry. This, this is India. But however, I don't think, I think many people I'm looking at, you look like from, you are from Africa by generation and descent, isn't it? Why are you looking at me like that? You are British, I know you are British, no problem. But you look like somebody I know somewhere. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Where you come from, where your father came from, your grandfather came, or ancestors came from. It is the man who paid dowry, no be so. So how can you pay dowry for a woman? You promise the woman peace. You promise her happiness. She left her father's home and she joined you. Looking for a sea of happiness and a, 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 an island of pleasure. And you said, I can't say I'm sorry. If you can't say I'm sorry, who will you say sorry to? That will not be your portion. Amen. Same thing with the woman. If they have lavished money over you so much and you only come to be giving trouble in your own house, your job as a wife is to cook food, not to cook trouble. Are we together? There are two frying pans. <laughs> one, one frying pan, fry food. And when they are frying, everybody is salivating. But the other frying pan, fry trouble. When the trouble begins to fry, everybody begins to look for a way to get out of the house. As a wife, that would not be your portion. Are you still in the house? <laughs> I'm finishing with you. We are talking about the fear of is for your own good. 
So he ended up by saying, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Anybody who fears God is called righteous. And his ear attentive to their cry. God will listen to those who fear him. And he says, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Either they are born again or they are not born again. You do evil. If you mistreat somebody else, God is against you. If you don't honor God in other people, God is against you. If you conspire against other people, God is against you. You may fast and pray, God will not answer. Your fasting will make the judgment of God to speed up against you. God is against those who do evil. If you are a boss and you, you validate those under you, God will make sure that he will promote you and send you under a man who will finish you. Because God is against those who do evil, even if you call yourself born again. To cut their memory off. To cut off their memory from among them. That will not happen to you. Then he says, the righteous cry out. And what happened? Let's read that verse 17 together. The righteous The righteous cry out and God does what? God will hear you. God will deliver you. Every trouble that comes, God will deliver you. Understand that that scripture indicates to you and I that there will be trouble days. Yes, on that day your righteousness will work for you. That is your little fear of God. Is God demanding not to be perfect? No. Does God know that we make mistakes? He does. What is it to us? To fear Him. A person who fears God does not glory in mistake. You don't call something that is evil my, is my problem. I don't know what to do with my anger. Who told you that? Any, if I was a judge, if they bring a Christian to me who by anger, I would sentence him. Well, you don't know, you don't do whatever. You know, anger resides, the Bible says, anger resides in the last of fools. So it's a choice. Anger arises because of pride. Self-pride. Pride. There are people who will do what's to you in the office and be saying that, yes, ma, yes, ma. Or yes, sir, yes, sir. And you cannot, you cannot accept little things done to you by people you relate to because you relate with them. You have become common. They have become common to you. You say you're angry. Angry for what? God is against unrighteousness. Those who do evil. You will not be found in their camp. I say you will not be found in their camp. I heard the spirit of a man say to me, but you know, how can I deliver myself from my wife? She's always doing all this evil stuff. You don't have problem. Overcome evil with good, the Bible says. You continue to do good if you are married to the one who continues to do evil. And your good will overcome that evil one day. I will together now. Finally, the distinction between the wise man and a fool is wisdom. The decision between a wise man and a fool is wisdom. And you know that a foolish man is the person who doesn't fear God. A wise man is the person who fears God. Proverbs 14, 16. A wise man fears the Lord. And shuns evil. But what? A fool is hot-headed and reckless. Shall we live together, please? Stop. You don't read like uh, people from my mother's village. I believe for. Let's read the word of English as we know it. Shall we together, please? 
Amen. Good. Tell the person beside you, you are a wise man. And you will shun evil. You will not be a foolish one. Come on, let me tell you this. We are going to stop here. God loves us so much. He wants to bless us so much that we must allow him. We must allow him. I, don't pr- I can stand before the church and television and begin to speak exegesis of theology. If you listen to that, it will never do your life good. What I'm teaching is literally written in the Bible. That is what the Word of God is. It's a manual for life. A man who finds it, finds life. A man who finds it, finds peace. A man who do it, excel in everything. That is my wish for you. From ever and even in this season. What is hot-headed? What does it mean? English dictionary said, hot-headed is an adjective, meaning having an impetus or quickly tempered nature. That's hot-headed. Anything, come on now. High blood pressure is not far from them. Who do that? A reckless person A reckless person is defined is an adjective too. It says heedless of danger or consequence of one's action, rash or impetus. Well, I would say a reckless person, from a layman's definition, all right, is a person who does things without thinking first about the impact. That is what a reckless person is. Alright? You do something, you don't think about the results. Especially, and what causes that is somebody is self-centered. Because you don't know, you don't think about, if I take this action, how will it affect other people who are related with me? Like your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your mother, your family. How will it affect you square your head to do something. You don't care how you And after you have done it, you discover that everybody is affected. Not directly. You are the major one who will suffer. But then they will have compassion on you. Then you, you send them praying when they are supposed to be blessing God for you. You send them crying when they should be celebrating and rejoicing over you. That is recklessness. You will not be reckless in Jesus' name. Let's stand up on our feet. When I come back to your means, we're going to look at the benefits of the fear of God. Shall we lift up our voice and just thank God for this hour? Father, we bless your name and glorify you. Thank God for the word you have had today. Give God the praise. Give God the praise. I cannot hear your prayer. Oh, sovereign Lord. To God be the glory for the great things he had done. Father, we exalt you. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. You know something I want to pray. I don't want to be people who, when they say, bind all the devils in England, you are shouting and your head is touching the ceiling. And then you are sweating inside air condition. No, that's not. We want to pray for yourself. 
something more than everything. Ask the Lord, grant me wisdom that I may fear you. Lift up your voice, I'm going to pray. Because it says, a wise man fears the Lord. Help me to be wise in my heart. Help me, Lord, to be wise in my heart. Deliver me from evil. It says, a wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil. Tell the Lord, give me the wisdom to shun evil. So that when Satan is trying to tempt me, I will say no. Give me the potential, O God, to shun evil. Father, we pray thee. Help me to walk in your fear, O God. If there be anything in me that hinders me from God, deliver me from it. No more life of deception. No more life of lies. Help me, Lord, to be truthful in all my ways so that it may benefit me and my household. Pray for your children. Pray for your household, your husband, your wife. Give us a heart that fear God. In my house, pray for your grandchildren. Lord, both my children, all my children, all my grandchildren, give them a heart that fear God. If you have not got one, you better begin to pray. My great-grandchildren, Lord, give them a heart that will fear God. <laughs> my generations to come. Father, give us heart to fear you. Wisdom to fear you. We want to fear you so that we will be the testimony of God in the land of the living. Tell the Lord. Prayer. When we go to the benefits of fear of God, you'll be very shocked. This week, in our prayer meeting together, we've been praying from January 1 to 30, then uh, yesterday, uh, 31st yesterday, today, and we're finishing the prayer tomorrow, really. Tomorrow night. We read in the book of Deuteronomy 26, verse 18 to 19. This is the will of God for you and for me. Let's see it. It says, and the Lord has declared this, this day that you are his people. His treasured possession as he promised. And that you are to keep all his commands. Do we get that now? We bind ourselves to the Lord of God to keep all his commands. What will make God happy? That's what we decide in this house. Why? What is the result? He has declared that he will set you in praise. If we can do that, God will set us up. Any career you are, people will be praising you. Because God will anoint you with special skills that others don't have. If they sack people, you'll be the last person to be sacked. You have had a testimony among you all the time. One of the members of this church, the boss, they, they, they decided in the board meeting to, to return to staff. And he, once they finished that meeting, he called him and said that, we are going to retrain many people, but you are not going anywhere. But keep your mouth. And they began to give people retrenchments. And they didn't touch him. When they sacked all that they were sacked, you know, the company now came down. 
They never promoted him. That is the favor of God. One of the members of this house is a police officer. He was at a rank, and he had to go for senior rank. I think um, superintendent. He was a sergeant, and they said to him that if you go for that position and you fail the exam, you will remain a sergeant for so many years. That's the danger. So you either decide to remain sergeant for the next 15 years, or go and do the exam. If you pass it, you will be promoted now. The, 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 the office of superintendent, it will take him 10, 15 years to get there. And the guy came to me. But the first thing I will do before I go to God is that I check him out. What is your service with God? What is your heart with God? He's good standing. So because he's good standing, now I can speak. I told him, and they want, I think out of several hundreds of people who do the exam, only five will be promoted in the whole country. He's black. So I said to him, if they will take any man, you are the one they will take. Because at that time, you know, it's a fear that if I do this thing, I will delay my promotion. But if I do it and pass, instantly I'm gone. Okay? So he went because of the word of prophecy. He was the first that they took. He instantly became superintendent. Really, he was supposed to be superintendent office for some other years. But within a year or two, they promoted him again. He, is the one, he was on television one day speaking on behalf of Med Police. I told him, you are going to be commissioner of police in this city from the first day. Now, what I'm saying is, if you can just simply fear God and obey him. Look at what God said. He said, he said I will set you up for praise. In, in academics, we have seen it in this church. A grandmother finished her first degree in, in um, uh, what do you call it, uh, human resources, and she came out on Friday with first class. Grandmother, grandmother just went to university, human resources, and came out with first class. That is, those things don't just happen. It just don't happen. There is a God in this house. If you can fear him, Satan doesn't want you and I to fear God. He wants us to pursue shadow until we, are grow, we have a grow here, and then he's laughing at us. Every day, falsehood, 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 falsehood. No, 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 no. We decide to resign from that. We will fear God. We will catch up. I would do it together now. He said he will set you up. Then he said he will set you up for praise. He will set you up for fame. And he will set you up for honor. High above all the nations he has made you. And that you will be a people holy to the Lord your God as he promised. We want to pray. Father, set me up. In this year, set me up for praise, set me up for fame, set me up for honor, empower me to follow you with all my heart. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. When God sets you up, no one can remove you. Empower also God as a people to obey your commands, to follow you, to fear you, and to trust you. And set us up, O God. Set us up for fame, set us up for praise, set up us for honor above all nations that we are. That your name may be glorified. (laughs) 
tell the Lord between now and the end of this February, let this come to pass in my life, that my testimony shall be added. Bless the works of my hand. Grant me skill that is outstanding in my career, in my profession, in my education. Grant me an ex- excellent mind, a distinct mind, that will see things deeper than the lecturers will teach me. Tell the Lord, take away every weariness from me. Every weakness is taken out of me. I will succeed in the name of Jesus. Tell God everything I need to succeed. Give to me, Lord. Empower me, O God. Empower me by your grace. Tell God, make way for me where there is no way. Tell the Lord, make me an example of your love and mercy. He said to Joshua, when they were approaching I, the people of I said, the fame of the God of Joshua make the heart of everyone melt. Tell God, do miracles in my family in this February that will melt the heart of people. When people shall hear it, they will praise the name of my God. Father, I pray thee. Lord, I pray thee. Let that be a portion. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. I want to bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these people. No one can give what he has not received from above. I have received authority from you over your people. I stand in Christ in God and say, As for you and your house, the Lord shall you serve. Everything the devil has been doing against every soul here to hinder you, to hinder your family or children or parents from serving God. I decree them null and void tonight in the name of Jesus. I ask that the fire of God will come down and break the chain. I said the fire of God will come down and remove the veil. I said the fire of God will come down and break the yoke in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Everyone under my voice who have been yoked with Lucifer, hear the word of the Lord, you spirit of hell. It is written. God warned kings concerning them, saying, Touch not God's anointed. And so, the yoke of Satan over the life of anyone here, over the life of their parents or their wife or husband or children or grandchildren, or their brothers and sisters, anyone connected to them, I command yokes, be broken in the name of Jesus. I command church, be destroyed in Jesus' name. I command veils, be removed in the name of Jesus. I command your mind, receive enlightenment. In the mind and soul, let light shine in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that contend with your will for God, I weary them in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the strangers shall be weary, they will run out. I command evil spirit, run out in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I say you are free. 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 Wisdom from heaven, receive in the name of Jesus. Knowledge and insight, receive in the name of Jesus. In praise, the Lord will establish you. In fame, the Lord will establish you. In honor, the Lord will glorify you. So shall it be unto you. Even in your old age shall you be glorified. If anybody is under my voice that is sick, that pain on the right back of your, of your head, I command it to vanish in the name of Jesus. That discomfort you have around your head area, towards your right side, vanish in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every 
form of migraine. Seize in the name of Jesus Christ. Sinuses, dry up in the name of Jesus. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, I said the fire of God pass through now. I said the fire of God pass through now. I said the fire of God pass through now. I said the fire of God pass through your being. Everything contrary to peace be consumed with fire in the name of Jesus Christ. By the stripes of Jesus, you are made whole. Anyone that needs organ replacement right now, the dead organ is taken away. New organ received. Receive new heart. Receive new kidney. Receive new liver. Receive new pancreas. In the name of Jesus, receive new abdomen. Receive new gut, intestine. In the name of Jesus, new womb. Receive in the name of Jesus, as of Nazareth. I command your body to be restored to God's original perfection in the mighty name of Jesus. In this month of February, you will prosper. The Lord blesses your hand and blesses the works of your hand. If you enter this month jobless, in seven days you are back in gainful employment. Not just a gainful employment, but a glorious employment. Your mouth shall be filled with laughter in this month. And your tongue with songs of praise. So shall it be, and so it is unto you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, even in Jesus' anointed name. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together.